Welcome to the Glasgow Girls Club podcast, where we chat to inspirational folks throughout the city about living their best lives and encourage our listeners to grow and glow. Hello and welcome to the GGC podcast. My name is Laura McGuinness and every week I'm out and about in the city interviewing some inspirational folks for you all. On this week's podcast, I catch up with mum, HR director, employment solicitor, teacher, radio host and presenter Rupa Mooker. Covering everything from Rupa's life growing up to how she came so close to becoming an MTV presenter, her career in law and how she balances it with working in media, including her Sunday night show in Awaz FM, and her passion for teaching children to write and speak Punjabi in the Glasgow Gurdwara, which is Scotland's first purpose-built Sikh temple. This podcast covers it all. What a wow, women. Have a listen. So hello Rupa. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the GDC podcast. You're welcome, thanks for having me. Not at all, not at all. We first met on Awaz FM, we didn't we? Yes, because I actually phoned you and contacted you and said, Laura, come and be a guest on my show. Which was amazing. So it was the other way around. It was the other way around and I was so wowed at that to see how much you do like everything for your show. Yeah, so um, uh-huh. so it's a, Awaz FM is a community radio station and literally on a Sunday there's nobody in the studio except for me so (laughs) as you saw that day I am keeping an eye on the CCTV to see when you were coming in I had to run in between you know songs to come and get you Um, and then setting you all up micing you up um, yeah answering the phones doing the socials doing the interviews doing but um, oh, you kind of get into a little role with it and it's all well, good We certainly look as if you're an absolute <laughs> pro. So let's start at the beginning. We'll get back to that, okay. right? Let's start at the beginning with Rupa. Tell us your story. Um, okay, tell us your story. Well, um, so I am born uh, and bred Glaswegian. So been here my whole life. My parents, um, my mum came to Glasgow when she was one. So she literally came on a boat. So you know how you sometimes hear that yeah. expression that they're off the boat? Yeah. Um, my mum literally came off a oh, boat, which always one. makes me laugh. Um, so she literally came on a boat. So she was one uh, when she came to the country with my, my granddad and whatever. And my dad came to the country about 43-ish years ago, so just when they were married, my dad came from India, he came on a plane, as he likes to keep telling my mum, <laughs> he arrived in the country on an aeroplane, <laughs> um, so, um, so my mum basically talks like me, um, which is always a bit of a surprise to people when they see her, because they think they're expecting to be Indian lady, and then it's my mum, and she's got this broad Glaswegian accent, which is always great, um, and my dad's obviously from India, but he's been in the country here longer than he has um, been yeah, in India, yeah. so he's uh, an honorary Scot as well. Um, so yeah, so just been here um, and just had a nice sweet upbringing, um, I've got a little brother, um, and just, yeah, nice family, just grew up in Glasgow, uh, did all the usual stuff, um, had a whole variety, mixture of friends, um, obviously I'm Indian as well, yeah. um, so growing up that was quite interesting just with the two cultures, because okay. I'm always sort of mixed things, yeah. um, which has always been lovely. So I did lots of things when I was younger. Um, you know, my mum and dad had me in Indian classical singing, oh, Indian wow. classical dancing. So yes, I'm a trained classical dancer. Oh, brilliant. Um, so I did all of that. And then we did Bhangra classes, which was great. Um, you know, we did acting. Um, so I had all that kind of Indianness in me. Yeah. And then at the same time at school, I was in the orchestra. I was playing the violin. I was playing the keyboard. You know, you're doing all that stuff at school, Um, you're going through uh, doing all of that. So it was just, it was brilliant, just a nice wee mixture um, of kind of cultures growing up. And then, yeah, just kind of grew up, did that, and then went to university. And um, so I do come from, uh, I wouldn't say a very traditional Indian family, but there was that sort of expectation that you do go to university and you go and you do a good job. And there's always a kind of joke that, you know, if you're from an Asian family, you're allowed to be a lawyer, a doctor, a dentist, an accountant, uh, a pharmacist, whatever. Success. Um, You know, that kind of success. um, And I think that's really changed quite a lot nowadays. Um, But my my mum and dad were brilliant, though, so they never said to me, we want you to go and be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever. my gran wanted me to be a doctor um but um I was always really interested in media okay um, so when I was in school I think it was sixth year I joined um a radio station 
back then just okay. as a volunteer and it just kind of you know my love for radio sort of came from there so when I was applying to university I had thought like what do I want to do and I thought well I'll go down this kind of arch route yeah um but then I guess inbred in me somewhere was just get a degree and then you know you can fall back on it and yep. what if it doesn't work I get that yeah so and I think you know that's it's not uncommon I think for people yeah. to think like that so eventually I went and I did do a law degree <laughs> <laughs> and the reason the reason I ended up doing law was um so I got the grades and um basically everyone's like do you want to be a lawyer or a doctor a lawyer or a doctor yep. and I think and I've got lots of friends who are doctors I think to be a doctor yeah you really want you have to want to be a doctor I think it's in you it's that passion yes. and all the doctors I know are just the most fantastic people some of my best friends are doctors yeah. and honestly hats off to them what they do but I knew that that's not what I wanted to do yeah. so I was like oh I quite like languages I like talking I like English I'll just go and do a wee law degree <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I hopped off to uh, the University of Glasgow and did that which was um, great and I made some of my best friends there so my best friends are from university and we've just had such a, a great time. Um, but yeah, so I did that and my mum and dad, but they never sort of pressured me into it. That's great, um, isn't it? Which was great. Um, but I always kept up all the sort of media stuff on the side because okay. that's where my kind of real passion lies is sort of doing radio and, you know, I've done wee bits of TV and stuff. And it's just, um, yeah, that's good. I, I like doing all of that stuff. So I kind of just continue to do that to this Brilliant. day. So you've actually created the life with the best of both then. I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard going though because um so obviously my day job is is quite intense. Yeah. Um so I, I do that um and you know I'm a kinda a law firm obviously. Yes. Um so I'm kinda doing that and people expect this really sort of serious law thing. I mean the amount of times that people have said to me, You don't look like a lawyer <laughs> which always kinda gets me. I'm just like, What what do lawyers <laughs> what, what look do you like? Expect? But yeah. I think genuinely I think when I so when I started my traineeship which was 2001 um I think maybe back in the day it was a little bit you know lawyers are white middle-aged men um grey suits grey suits yeah. you know and but now actually the legal profession is predominantly women under 40 um nice. so which is fantastic yeah so I think that perception is really changing but I do still get a lot of people saying oh you don't look like a lawyer um one of my funny stories is <laughs> I'd gone out to meet a new client okay and uh, so he had a big kind of case coming up it was quite a horrific one and uh, so I pitched up and he was just like hi it's like hi and it's like so I'm here to talk about the case and he's like when's a lawyer coming and I'm like this is she he genuinely couldn't have looked more shocked and he's like oh do you know what you're doing? I was like, I promise you, I know what you're doing. Oh, yeah, so we cheeky. didn't get, but we didn't get off to the best start. But the the good thing there was a good thing about this story was, so we got off to that start, and I was like, trust me, I yep. absolutely know what I'm doing. You know, when you pay my fees, you'll understand that. Yes. Um, so anyway, we got on, went to tribunal, did it, um, had a brilliant cross examination. So anyway, okay. we smashed it, won that case. Brilliant. And he has been my biggest advocate ever since. So he's oh. so funny though. But it's it's kind of like in a it's, it's a really weird way because what he does is he recommends to, me, to people and he'll say, hire, hire Rupa because she doesn't really, you know, she might not look like she knows what she's doing, but she does. <laughs> it's like a pure... Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you're like, I think, thanks. I think that's like a compliment. <laughs> but um, I did, yeah, I challenged him once about it and he's like, oh, you know what I mean? And he goes, like, you're kind of like a silent assassin. They might not know that you know, but you know. And I was like... <laughs> Uh, oh, just pay the fees <laughs> you're like okay yeah so that's quite good so there is that sort of perception I'm quite small so I'm five foot um and I guess if you're going in and there's these clients and I kind of worked with a lot of construction clients yeah. and you're kind of literally out on farms and yeah building sites and all that kind of thing um so I guess you know they're just maybe got that image in their head of what they well, like you, like you said the stereotype yeah like you know and yeah. then you go against it but you're absolutely nailing the yeah, case. Yeah, and I think that's good. I think it's important to be out there oh, and me too. doing that. And, Break the know, stereotypes. Yeah, breaking the stereotypes. And one of my trainees, so once you become a bit more qualified, you have to have a trainee. Okay. So turn, they come along with you. So one of my trainees was actually an ex-policeman. Okay. So he was six foot four or something. Um, and he was mid-40s at the time. So okay. it was a second career for him. Yeah. And... Um, I was taking him around with my client meetings and nine times out of ten they would think that he was 
and he would just be like, I'm, I'm actually the trainee, she's the one that you need to speak to. But again, it was that perception of, you know, we've got big, tall, strapping man standing there, and then there was me. Um, so that was always quite interesting. We actually used to have such a laugh, and he's like, do you think, you know, put me bets on it, do you think they're going to think I'm the lawyer again? <laughs> so that was good. But yeah, so that's always been good fun, just kind of getting out and doing that. So... Yeah, so that's kind of day job, um, and I've sort of moved more into HR and diversity and equality now, which brilliant. is brilliant. I'm really enjoying that, just seeing a different side to that. Um, and then I get to do all my other stuff on the side, and nights and weekends, and you know what that's like, Laura, you oh, just I know, never so stop. Never stop, but you're so busy. So talk to us about the other stuff, because oh, how did that first come about then? So as I said, so I'd started when I was about 17 on a community yep. um, radio station, and that eventually evolved into a was okay. as it is now. Yep. Um, so I did that, went on, it was a Sunday evening, I literally just used to go on. People were a wee bit expecting me to go on and do like a law show, it's like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I am here to talk about Indian film. Oh, and absolutely. music Entertainment. and outfits and yeah. fashion and gossip yeah. um, because I love all of that yeah. so when I was younger my gran, my mum's mum um, she was my absolute best friend um, oh. she passed away um, about six years ago so um, but uh, she was my total bestie and um, I grew up watching so you get all these Indian channels in the UK there's like ZTV and Star Plus okay. and For You Music um, but we weren't allowed it because we were meant to be studying okay. but my gran had it so what <laughs> she used to do she was so lovely so I used to love all the music and the songs and the dancing yeah. and she used to get like she had a video yeah. uh, recorder and she used to get all the wee videotapes for me and she used to record just hours of music and songs and then give them to me and um, then I used to sit in my house and watch them when How I was allowed it was brilliant um, so and then when I used to stay over at hers we used to just sit up and watch all these like Indian films together oh. and just the best time so I kind of grew up doing that um, and watching these fantastic you know just characters yeah I mean so when I was growing up, it was obviously kind of 80s, 90s, and the films from then are very different from the ones that you get now. So okay. the Indian films you get now are actually, we still get a lot of people who are like, oh, Bollywood films, they are so trashy. And actually, I think, take them for what they are. Yeah. And now I sometimes do look back at some of the ones in the 90s and I think, that's probably not the best message to have sent out. But, you know, people evolve, okay. times evolve. okay. But the films that are coming out of India now are absolutely fantastic. You know, it's just sit down, watch it. It's a subtitled movie. Yeah. Brilliant. They're just making really realistic mm-hmm. um, films about what it's like to be in India, what it's like to be a young person in India. Okay. You know, it's just some fantastic movies coming out. But I grew up with the all singing, all dancing version. And there still is that element of it. Okay. Um, but there's also this whole kind of other, you know kind of newer vibe coming out which I also love so my show was very much around that Um, and I used to just go in on a weekly basis do that have a bit of chat Um, it was was brilliant Um, and then I had uh, my first son and at that point I was working you're trying to do radio and you've got a new baby and so I I, I said to the radio station I want to take a bit of a break the break turned into nine years just because I had another son quite right quite right just a small break Um, and then yeah I went back last year no what's this 2017 I went back onto the radio and it was brilliant I literally phoned um my manager who was my manager at the time and I said I'd quite like to come back on the radio and he was like cool so what day would you want to come and I said do you still have a Sunday evening slot and he went cool and I literally turned up and I'm back on the same slot that I did all that time ago um and the great thing is um it's a community radio station um it's it's just it's on in all the kind of shops and the local businesses and because there's lots of different presenters who do it in different languages so obviously we do it in English, we yep. do it in Punjabi, Hindi, yeah. Urdu, um, you know we have Pashto, we've got Tamil, we've got every language going so it's such a community vibe um, and so it's on in all the wee shops you know if you go yeah. to like a clothes shop yeah. in the south side of Glasgow for example yeah. and if I go in and I speak to someone They'll be like, are, are you Rupa from oh, the Because they recognise your voice. Yeah, of course you're they literally, do. You know, you're in their shops, yeah. you're in their lives, you're in their kitchens. Yeah. Um, I really love that. And it was so lovely when I went back on air, people literally phoning me to say, 
I've not heard you for a wee while. I'm like, yes, nine years. But they remembered me from that time. How nice is that? And it's just nice. And they're, you know, where have you been? And I said, oh, I've got two kids now. And they're just like, oh, that's great. And, you know, and it's just just a wee family. That's so nice. That's so so nice. It's really nice. Um, Yeah, so I quite like that. I love that whole community element of it. And then via the radio and then via other kind of contacts and stuff, I just get to do a whole load of fun stuff I get to go and host events I get to host charity events I get to dress up and you know go to lots of fabulous things um just brilliant I get to go and speak to lots of nice people I get to meet people like you you it's just really nice and I love having people on my radio show so my radio show is very much about community spirit I want to get people on who are doing good things for the community yep. interest in it, which is why I'd obviously oh, I'd contacted you, you and just because I think what you're doing is brilliant you know you've brought this kind of whole community of women together it's a great club for Glasgow and I think when you're a Glasgow girl you get it yes um, and I wanted to get you on so that you could spread that message oh, absolutely it's brilliant and similarly you know we've got so much um talent in Scotland yeah and I think with Scotland, sometimes, I don't know, people like to forget a wee bit about us. Yeah. And I think we've got so much homegrown talent. So I'm on a wee bit of a mission at the moment okay. to try and get as much Scottish talent on my show as I can. Um, and it's been brilliant. I've had some fantastic guests and there's lots of things going on right yeah. now. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's brilliant. Oh, you're really doing good. so well. You're doing so well. So talk to us about, like, so you're getting to do events. Yes. So talk to us about some of the events. So some of the events. So um, again, I suppose a lot of it is through contacts, I suppose. Um, I've never had any formal media training as such. So um, I guess my kind of first wee flavour of it was, so when I was, I'd got my traineeships, this is summer of 2001. Okay. Um, And so you're meant to decide, you know, you're meant to go and apply for your jobs and all the rest of it. And all my friends at university had been applying to all the big law firms for jobs. Yeah. And I didn't apply because at that stage I thought, I've done my degree. I don't think I want to be a lawyer. Yeah. I want to go and be a TV star or whatever it was, you know, at the time. So they've all been applying for all these jobs and I didn't do it, didn't do it. And then eventually I was kind of like, oh man, I better start doing something, you know? Like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like everybody asks themselves at one point you know? or multiple points. Exactly. And I thought, do I want to go and be a lawyer? So anyway, then one day, a wee bit because I'd had a chat with my mum and dad and my dad was like, just apply for a job. My dad's very chilled out and quite easygoing. Okay. He's like, just see what happens, you know? Yeah. So I thought, okay, so I did one job application. So I did that job application, which was great, and um, so I applied for that. Uh, and at the same time that summer, so my mum and dad, they're retired now, but they basically had a post office okay. and a, a news agent um, in the south side of Glasgow, and they had it for 30, it was 31 or 32 years by the time they'd finished. Um, so just we came to think, yeah. so, but when you are an Indian child or an, an Asian child or probably any child, you if your mum and dad has a, have a shop, you have to go and work in the shop. Oh, you're working doesn't in matter, it, like, sure. who you are, what you do, yeah. it doesn't matter how many degrees, you could be world's smartest, PhD, whatever, yeah. you're going into that shop. You're in that shop, for you're sure. You're doing the cash and carry, you're, you're selling that daily record. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. um, I literally, it was a Saturday, and I remember it was the summer of 2001, and it was a Saturday morning, and I think my brother must have been, so it must have been his day off, because we used to kind of swap it about. Okay. So I was in the post office with my mum, and they were sitting there, and so we used to get a wee roll in the morning, and the wee pensioners used to come in, and yeah. oh, right down. Okay. So that was lovely. And I was flicking through, it was a daily record, I was flicking through the daily record, and I saw that they had open auditions, because um, they were looking for the next face of MTV. <laughs> so I was just like... Mum, they're looking for presenters for MTV. My mum's like, MTV? <laughs> I, I was like, it's that channel. Oh. And she was like, uh-huh. And I was like, so can I go? And she was just like, well, you're meant to be in the post office. You know, what if it gets busy? And I was like, be fine. How hard can it be? It'll be fine. Yeah. And I said, I'm just going to go. So literally, we'd been painting our kitchen okay. the day before. I had paint and stuff in my hair. I was dressed literally to work in the post office. Scabby t-shirt, jeans, paint in my hair. And I thought the brightest idea I've ever had, I'm going to go and do this MTV audition. Brilliant. Didn't really think very much of it. I just thought, well, just pitch up. Yeah. When, and it was, um, it was the RSAMD at the time, so okay. it's the Royal Conservatoire now. Yes. Yes. 
So got there because that's where the auditions were and there was this huge like queue outside, massive queue of all these beautiful, stunning girls who'd obviously like you. who'd obviously gone and got their hair and makeup done, oh. dressed up. Rufus get paint in her hair. Paint in my hair and I was like, not the best idea. <laughs> but then I thought, well, I'll either do this or I'm gonna have to go back to the post office. Go for it TV. Just hang about here and see what happens. <laughs> so anyway, we went in and uh, did the uh, you know, got in, did it, all the rest of it. And it was um, two days of audition. So I went on Saturday. So kind of go through a process, right. you had to go in and you just had to chat to people yeah. and then there was like a wee bit of kind of like they give you a wee sketch so you did that and um, so I did all of that so I just kind of toddled on okay. through the day just doing what I was doing and then before I knew it I was sitting in a room with like 20 other people um, and by that point we'd actually met so the star was a uh, Richard Blackwood right and it was basically he had a music show right. and he was looking for the face like okay. it's called is she MTV <laughs> brilliant <laughs> um and he was looking for a new co-presenter right so i got to go in i got to present with richard blackwood which i wasn't expecting i still remember the t-shirt i had it was a red t-shirt it was from top shop and it had a star on it and it was like kind of printed and it was it was so old it was all faded and there was bits peeling off <laughs> and i just remember seeing how when i look back i just think Oh dear. Oh, um, but I went into Richard Blackwood, you know, and it was great. And we did a wee skit and he had a couple of minutes. He just went and had a bit of a laugh and I came out going, well, that was really good. You know, yeah, okay. and this is obviously before the days everyone's got their phones and all the rest of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even get a photo. So <laughs> um, it was great. So then, yeah, I'm sitting in a room full of uh, it was 20 girls. And then they were like, so we're now going to announce our first Scottish finalist is. And then they called out my name and I literally was like, oh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I got through this and you could just, I was like, oh, thanks. Totally not expected. Like that day when I had woke up, I was doing the post office and then maybe some cash and carry. Um, and then before I knew it, I was a finalist. So that was brilliant. Um, and then I went away, we went to London, you went live on MTV, did it all. And I didn't win, obviously. Um, but uh, what an just experience. Brilliant experience. Oh. I got to go down to MTV Studios see all of that live on TV. And it was brilliant because what they showed you was Richard Blackwood's reaction after our, our initial audition. Okay. And his reaction was brilliant. When um, So when I had walked out of the room, he literally turned to Cam and he was like, we need to get her, we need to get her. She's so funny, she's so funny. And it was so good to see, because we didn't get told oh, any of that. How nice um, is that? So that was nice. Um, and then I went down, had the best weekend. Um, one of the other finalists, actually, this is my kind of wee claim to fame. So Richard Blackwood was obviously at the start. Yeah. One of the other finalists was um, Tamika Epsom, I think her name is. Um, okay. She's on EastEnders currently. Right, okay. She plays Richard Blackwood's wife. Oh. So how funny is that? So she also was in that. Um, and eventually, so she ended up obviously pursuing the TV right. thing. Um, and yeah, so it was just this whole... Oh, what? It was mental. Experience. So that sort of gave me a wee taste for it all. Um, but in the meantime, obviously, I'd applied, remember, for this one job. Yeah. Um, so I'd applied for the job, and I went for my interview and did my wee chat and all the rest of it. They didn't even look at my CV, and I walked out, and I remember phoning my mum, and she said, how did it go? And I was like, mum, I was like, they didn't even ask for my CV. I said, I had to say, do you want my CV at the end? And I was like, so I don't think I've got it. Um, and then two hours later, I had a phone call, and um, so this is back in the day when it was your house phone, oh, and there was an phone. answer, okay. and my dad was like, there's some John guy on the phone, <laughs> something about a job. And I was like, oh, that's the interview I went for, and it was him saying... Um, yeah, we'd like to offer you a job. So I was like, I applied for one job. And in my head, I was like, it's only one job. I'm not going to get it. It'll be fine. I don't have to be a lawyer. And then I got it. And I'm and still I'm still there. Oh, that's, wow. That was my first job. And that's I'm still there. So it'll be 18 years I've been in the same place. It's just mental when you think about these things. So You were just meant for, meant think, for it. Uh -huh. I think so. And don't get me wrong. You know, you kind of go through the stages where I think it's been quite a long time there. Yeah. Should I do something else? But because I've managed to do a bit of a career change yep. in between, um, you know, they're good to me, quite like it, we have a bit of a laugh. Yeah. I don't tend to take things that seriously. I mean, obviously I take my job seriously. Yeah. But generally I But think, you enjoy life. Yeah, you can tell that from talking to you. You just need to go and give it a wee bash. So ever since I did that wee MTV thing, which came out of nothing, I yep. actually thought, do you know what? I'm just going to try stuff. Yeah. You know, if something comes up, just try it. Yep. What's the worst that can happen is someone says no? Yeah. 
So just go and give it exactly. a bash, you know. And even if I'm trying to get people, like, I didn't know you at all. Yeah. But I thought I'm going to contact. I'm going. I like this girl a lot. I'm oh, going to contact so her. You but you know, I just thought I'm going to contact her and ask her to come and my show. I don't know who she is. I don't know if this is what she does, but I'm just going, what's the worst she can say is, no thanks, it's not for me, but thankfully you didn't. Oh, you go on. I would never have said that. But, you know, I just think, and I regularly will just be to people, do you, want, do you want to come and just chat? Or do you want to go and do this? And I get to meet so many lovely people. And I think through that, it's just that network yeah. of just go out, speak to people. And it means that sometimes, you know, I've had people recommending me to host us. So a lot of my gigs come from someone who knows someone who knows me so if they're looking for someone to host um, an event then they'll say oh I know a girl who you can maybe speak to you know why don't you go and speak to her and if it's the kind of thing that I am into and I support and I believe in then absolutely I will do that and you know I I ended up doing some really good charity stuff last year which it was a charity which I hadn't really heard of called Sikhs and Jog which are in Edinburgh and they basically they help Sikh women who are you know have not had the best backgrounds and but anyway, they were doing their first ever big charity event. So they were doing a bit of taking a bit of a punt okay. on it, and they were like, "Look, we don't know what this is going to be like." And I was like, "Do you know what? Let's just give it a bash." Yeah. What a night we had! It was so much fun. Went along, raised so much money, Brilliant. and so they're now planning this on an annual basis. I did that on the Friday night, and on the Saturday morning, I had a message saying, "Are you available to host next year's?" So just, oh, you know, already, yeah. and it's just that kind of went in, had a bit of a laugh. Yeah. The people there are fantastic. And, and you, get to, meet so you many get to meet so many people. lovely people. And you're so charismatic as well. I don't think that you would ever meet anyone for them not to love you. Uh, no, no, I probably have met quite a few people <laughs> oh. that their cup of tea. Oh, um, well, boo to them then. Exactly, boo to them. Who, who, who needs it? Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, generally, I think, go in, speak to people. I've got a really good, my friends are my day one friends. So, okay. you know, and I think that's really important because... I know I've got friends who will listen to this and, oh my goodness, the ribbon I'm going to get off of oh, afterwards. Really? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I've got a couple of pals and I think it's like their main aim in life is just to anything I post, it'll be like just to take the absolute mick. But you need those pals. Oh, you do like, need those pals you know, in and, life. And that's brilliant and I love that. But I get to do so much good stuff. So I get to host, um, so there's the Scottish Asian Business Awards. I've yep. hosted them for, I think I've hosted them six times. I've done them four years in a row, five years in a row, I can't remember now. Um, so I've done that. But again, that was a guy that I went to university with. Okay. We stayed in touch. He now has this fantastic business which he runs. He's set up. He's helped so many people okay. in the community. Um, and you know, when he was kind of starting off doing it, he's like, I, I need a host, would you do it? And you know, you kind of start off these wee journeys together. Yeah. And I look at him now and I think, look how well you're doing. That This is brilliant. And I'm so glad I've been a part of that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, people will see you at an event and they'll think, oh, you know, would you come along and maybe do this for us? And don't get me wrong, I can't say yes to absolutely everything no. because, you know, I've got, you know, I've got my job, yeah, I've got my family, kids, I've yeah. got all of that. But um, just, I love doing all the kind of good fun stuff. Um, the Glasgow Mail is another thing, which is, is brilliant. Um, and I've done that for a good few years now as well. Um, that's the big event. It's the biggest mela. It's one UK's best mela actually. It takes over Kelm Grove Park. Oh, I love and it. It is just. Have you been? I love it. Love it's the mela. Brilliant. It's such a good atmosphere. The culture, the yeah. food, the um, events that are on, the performances. It's amazing. It's an amazing mix. And this year, I mean, I think the guy who's organising it was saying that there's like something like you know. 60 different languages that are going to be dotted about and it's just brilliant so I get to host that and bring people on stage and have chats with them and just have the best time you know I've been up on stage you know I've had choreographers going right we need volunteers right Rupa get up you know I have learned um dancing of every single form you have to be a wee bit prepared to just make a wee bit of a an ass of yourself sometimes (laughs) (laughs) which is always good fun my kids are sort of so they're eight and ten at the moment and I'm sure they just look at me my ten year old already you can just seem like it's not cool mummy that is just 
not cool you know that's a wee bit embarrassing so I'm kind of getting that vibe now um, but I'm like oh well oh well I know <laughs> they'll reach a certain point and they'll be like that's really cool that you're doing that but maybe but I think I'm reaching the stage of where they're just going to pretend they don't know who I am oh um, <laughs> I don't know who that is that's not my mum no nope, not at all um, so there's a wee bit of that chat but just good stuff and then yeah. with doing that I get to meet so many people, like the people you get to yep. meet is just brilliant. And then you get on and you forge friendships. And, you know, if I am doing something and it's not quite for me, I know that I've got people that I can recommend, oh, which is brilliant. brilliant. It's just that wee network of... having a, Yeah, it's, it's so valuable having a strong network, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And having that word of mouth as well, like yeah. you getting recommended for jobs. I think there's nothing better than word of mouth, yeah. really, is there? I know, although you always are a wee bit scared. I'm like, oh my goodness, like what if you go in and it's going to completely balls up? <laughs> But no, you know, it's one of those. Bet you've things. never done that. Oh no, trust me. Like, there's been a few instances where you just like, oh my goodness, <laughs> why did I do that? So, like, when you've been presenting. Uh huh. Oh yeah, presenting is always because a lot of the stuff I do is live. Live. It, yeah. Pretty much everything I do is live. Um. So I've done all sorts. You know, I've been presenting awards, like big major awards, and I've you know giving it to the wrong person or you've announced the wrong name but the thing with that is you just have to go with it and just have a laugh with it and people generally are cool okay um so i did awards just at the end of the year last year and i basically was meant to have called on so they had this special guest of honor and they were the ones that were meant to come on and announce the winner but I was just away, like, and the winner is, yes. and did it. And and then the guy was there, and I was like, oh, this is a bit awkward. <laughs> and then I was like, it's okay, though. Come up, come up anyway, it's fine. And then we had a bit of a laugh. Okay. But, you know, you could see my co-host was like, like just kind of doing all these things, like, no, that's not you. And, I'm, and I wasn't getting it. I was like, what was he saying? Yeah, because you're, you're talking at the time. So, yeah. but that is a credit to you, though, being able to pull it back. If you do, because... Human error is yeah. so natural, but it's how you deal with it, isn't it? And especially if you're in a live situation, because other people might just have froze. Yeah, and I think live is always quite hard, yeah. um, especially if you're live in front of people. Yeah. Um, that's that's quite difficult. Um, and, you know, and there's times where I can be talking just to generally in daily life, but also when I'm up on a stage and you just know people aren't listening and, you know, that can be quite That's difficult, tough. but you just get on with it and, yeah. you know, I just think, yeah, you know, it's fine. I get, yeah. I'm, I'm getting to dress up and wear a nice outfit. Yeah. So I just, you know, I've got makeup on. It's good. Oh. It's a good day. <laughs> it's, a good day. <laughs> it's a good day. I've got fake eyelashes oh, on. Um, and... Yeah, it's really good fun. I love doing all of that stuff. And I think as I've got older as well, it's been, I care less about how I come across. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I care. No, that's not what I mean. I care less about what other people think. Yes. I think is what I mean. Um, And I just think that's probably as you get a bit older, you do become a wee bit more comfortable in your own skin. And, you know, there's stuff that I'm doing now, which if you'd said to me 10 years ago or... 15 years ago you know go and do this I would just be no because I would be too worried well what if they say this what if they say that um but now I just think go give it a bash and it's just lovely and I generally do think you know 99% of the people out there are so nice to me and they're so lovely and I have grown up in a really strong community Um, the Indian community is fantastic the Asian community is fantastic um, and I'm glad to have grown up in that yeah. and I, you know my mum and dad's generation they've all worked so hard like they worked hours that we can't even imagine like yeah. even up until my mum and dad retired a couple of years ago you know they were still up in the shop five o'clock in the morning I couldn't do that no you, I could, uh, you know I couldn't do that no. um, but that whole generation of parents yeah. they did that they worked so hard so that I could go to university I could do all of this I can do all this great stuff um, and now you know for my kids I want even better yeah. for them and you know and that's, that's all anyone really wants isn't yep. it you just want your your children to do better than you ever yeah. did um, but now um, you know to see when your parents have worked that hard in that whole community that whole generation and we have um, 
so uh, obviously I'm, I'm from Glasgow we've got um, Sikh temples and Gurdwaras yeah. um, and there's such a strong sense of community there um, you know it's such a welcoming place you go yeah. in and actually I teach I teach in the, the Gurdwara on a Sunday oh, morning right, so tell us about that yeah, it's brilliant so um, basically I'm, I'm completely bilingual so I speak Punjabi and uh, English because growing up my, my dad was obviously from India and he speaks Perfectly good English. Um, I have to say as well, you were speaking Punjabi when we were on the day. I was, and yes. It, it's such a beautiful language. You think so? Oh, yeah, I always think it sounds stunning. like... So Punjabi's, it's a beautiful language. Yeah. It is. Um, but sometimes I think it can sound quite harsh if you if you don't know what, okay. what it is that you're listening oh, to. So I, I'm was, glad I was, I was just that. looking at you like, wow. Yeah. And I think it is, is because if you are bilingual, you can just kind of go in and out. Yeah, But um, I've had friends who say... Um, I remember there was one time I was away to London with my friends and I was at, um, we were, we'd gone to see Buckingham Palace, Palace okay. and all this and I'd phoned my wee gran so I was telling her and my friend Nicola was uh, listening to me and she was absolutely gutting herself because I'm obviously speaking in Punjabi to okay. my, my gran and gave it all but she could hear like Buckingham Palace and I told her that we'd <laughs> met the Queen and all this so I was like we met the Queen oh, and but... uh, my gran, my wee gran was laughing it all up but, um, and, but my friend Nicola was hilarious, she's like I don't know any Punjabi, but I know exactly what you said in that yeah. conversation. But I think there is that sense of if you're mixing it. So when yeah. you were on the radio, you probably could have figured out what I was saying, to yeah. be honest. You know, it's yeah. not, I think you can do that. But growing up, I had that, um, which was brilliant um, yeah. with, my, with my dad, especially, because obviously he was Punjabi, yeah. my grand, my granddad, everybody that I grew up with. Um, and when we were younger in our summer holidays, so the, right now I'm sort of, you know, when it comes to summer holidays, I'm thinking, kids clubs I need this and that <laughs> my mum and dad were having none of that they used to literally put us on a plane and send us to India for six weeks Brilliant. go and visit because my dad's family was all in India okay. so we literally me and my brother used to go stay with my cousins and they didn't know any English so we had no option but to learn the language okay. we were we went to schools in India because their holidays were obviously different. So yeah. we were literally sitting in schools in India, like in our summer holidays, like, how is this fair? Yeah, you're really? like, how did this happen? <laughs> how did this happen? But just playing what with like, experience. Brilliant. What, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit sad that my kids will never have that. Okay. Because our family's sort of all over here, really. Yeah. Um, and everyone speaks English now. Okay. Um, the kids have been to India and I was very excited. And I was like, oh, great, they'll learn the language. And yeah. you know, I really do try with them. Yeah. But I think because my first language is English, if you're not speaking that all the time, 100%. then it's hard to, yeah. to get that. They understand it, um, they can read it, they can write it, but see to have a conversation in it, they, they struggle. Okay. Um, but we went to India and I was so excited and I was like, oh great, because my cousin's children were there and I was like, they're going to learn this and they're all speaking English. And I was just like, this was not <laughs> the point <laughs> of this exercise, but um, they're trying to improve their English. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, it's a wee bit sad, and I do sometimes worry that the language will go, um, not just Punjabi, yeah. any language. Yeah. I think, you know, just to keep that alive is so important to me. So um, I teach in the, the Gurdwara on a Sunday morning, and we have a Punjabi school, which back in the day, actually, fun fact, um, the Gurdwara back in the day was a house. It was literally okay. a house, um, and my granddad, my mum's dad, was one of the first people to kind of help set that up, right. and he set up the first ever Punjabi class if you want to call it that back in the day um, so he set that up um, and if you now fast forward my mum then sort of took that over when my granddad right. became a bit older she took over she's now the head teacher so that started off with like literally like two children right. back in the day and then it kind of fell away for a while because I think people then were just working so hard in this yep. country and trying to you know and in a sense they were trying so hard to fit in the yeah. They were a wee bit forgetting, like you know, their their roots. Not not in a bad way, just because it was quite busy just and busy. they're trying yeah. to get on with other things. And anyway, so the the school got revived and it started off. And I remember starting off, and it started off with like say two kids in a nursery, and yeah. it eventually grew, grew, grew. And I was a part of that school when I was growing up. And um, but my mum basically is now the head teacher of our. Punjabi school, and there is two hundred and I think at last it was two hundred forty children. Oh, so we run my. classes on a oh. Sunday morning, a Sunday afternoon, and a Wednesday evening. This is just in one of the temples. So we've got there's four temples in Glasgow. Right. So and then there's a the other big temple as well. They have their own school. So okay. this is imagine there's two schools who are doing similar things. So there's like say six hundred kids out there. Right. So but the one that, that I teach at um, there's say two hundred forty children, um, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, a Wednesday evening, okay. and there are waiting lists. 
to get into these classes because people are now so keen. Yeah. So we go from nursery level right the way up to... That's they amazing. don't have, um, what is it, Nat Fives that we do? Oh God, I can't I even... Know, eh, like well, hires. it was hires when I was younger, <laughs> but I think it's, it's different Nat five. Yeah. So they don't do a Nat Five, but they still do a GCSE and an A level in Punjabi. So okay. it goes right up to that. So we take them right from nursery right the way through. Um, so my mum's the head teacher of the school, which means that I obviously got roped into it. And it, it was to the extent that she was like, right, we're just going to start this all up again. We're going to do it properly. We need teachers. You can do a class what... I was like, Mum, and she was just, I was like, I don't have time to do You're this. Like, I've literally, I like, like <laughs> you know, I was like, no. And she's like, well, I, I need teachers and you can do it. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so That's I, generally how a mother daughter conversation goes, it? doesn't it? And um, so I did that. And so I started teaching five years ago, six, six years ago. And I do the class one, which is lovely. So they come from nursery. Um, and in nursery, the nursery school is brilliant. They teach them all their colours and their animals yeah. and their numbers. Okay. And, and then they come to me. And so it's my job to kind of say, right, okay, that was all fun stuff. And we're still going to do some fun stuff. Yeah. And now we're going to sit on tables and chairs and uh, hold a pencil. Yeah. And we're going to write the alphabet, you okay. know. So they come to me. They're sort of about six, okay. six, seven years Aww. old. Um, and it's brilliant. So I do that on a Sunday morning. I teach them how to write, read and write the alphabet. We do basic sentences. So by the time they leave me, they're able to have a basic conversation in Punjabi. And then that's me just finished um, for this year and we'll go on again to next year. But my first lot, so my wee first intake, that's them going on now to do their GCSEs. Oh, wow. Um, and they're all bigger than me, which is not very hard. <laughs> um, but I just look at them and think, wow. How did that happen? How did that happen? How's that time going? And it's brilliant. So, yeah, that's great. And the teachers, we're all volunteers. We're all mostly mums who have got our own children yeah. um and it's just putting that level of commitment in but yeah. what we're getting is we're getting that commitment back now because the, the kids are really invested the parents are really invested um and it runs like a proper it's a You're proper making school. such a difference so it's so good it's yeah. so good um and there's some great work going on but then again that's just come from like my parents generation they all set that there for us and so you know, I feel a wee bit responsible now that I have to, to do that forward. going forward. Yeah. I would love it if my kids did that going forward. Yeah. Um, at the moment, uh, you know, I've got two boys and I, I mostly spend my time going, get the astroturf out of the house. Um, but hopefully going forward, who knows, you know, they'll they'll kind of take that on. And, I'm, and they go to Punjabi class as well. Good. So they're doing that. Um, the older one is now, he's like, I don't want to go. And we, we, we get quite a lot, but that's just his ten. And, yeah. uh, you know, that we get a wee bit of pushback now on things. But we went through a wee phase. He's like, I'm not speaking any funny languages. And I was like, I'll funny language you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, like, and it mean? was very interesting, though, like how he was kind of perceiving okay. everything. Um, because at school, they're learning German. You know, he goes to a yeah. school where they learn Gaelic. So yeah. Wow. They're doing all of that. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of the very schools that does Gaelic. So they've kind of got the Gaelic stream, um, which he's not in, but um, they both learn it, yeah. um, which is brilliant. So they can do basics in Gaelic, German, you know, they're doing all of that. Um, and I was like, this is just another language. But it's funny, we had that conversation a while ago. And then, but recently, you know, and obviously because I'm his mum. Yeah. So, um, recently it's kind of started to turn a wee bit so they were doing a project in school where they had to talk about they were doing it's like your healthy world you know one of the okay. topics that the school likes to come up with for all us working mums who need to then go and find things to bake things out of yeah um, so it was called our healthy world and they had to do a presentation okay and I was like okay well what do you want to do and he's like oh I'm thinking like maybe like an athlete or something right. I can do a talk and you know it's got to be two minutes and he was thinking no I might do um, Mo Farah or you know whatever yep. and I was like okay and I said well we could have a wee think about you know athletes and um, there's a, a Sikh gentleman called Fodja Singh I don't know if you've ever heard of him I feel as if I have heard of world's him world's oldest yeah. marathon runner yes okay so he's got turban he's got okay. the beard yeah. you know he's a Sikh man and you know as a, as a proud Sikh you, you kind of look to him and you think this wow. uh-huh. man has done it so I think yeah. he's like I don't know about 400 now but he's not 400 <laughs> he's about 109 or something now but he ran his first marathon when he was 89. His first marathon wow, when he was 18. Uh-huh. Um, and the reason he got into it was, so his wife had passed away, he was feeling quite lonely, mm-hmm. and he started running. He yeah. just got up, and I think he was like 82 or 83, got out and started running. So I was explaining this to our man. Okay. I said, you know what? I said, you know, remember Fodja saying I, yeah. I showed you? And he was like, mummy, I could do my talk on him. So that was it. So he went away and he like was printing off pictures so all his friends could see it. 
and then he was doing his research and then he and it was so it was so cute to see him he was doing his wee research on Fodja saying and he was like mummy he eats dal and he and he he eats like he eats roti like I do so you know like kind of lentils okay, and yeah, chapatis yeah. and you know spinach and he's yeah. like we eat all of that and I'm like yeah we do I'm like because that's it because I make quite a lot of Indian food at home oh, um, and uh, he was like so I was telling my friends that I eat the same stuff as as a Fodja saying and he's done but just yeah nice to see that he was quite proud of standing up yeah. and doing this and then he said and even my teacher didn't know who he was so she didn't even know and she said that she was really glad that she learned something new so I thought well that's great so they're going oh, in and they're, they're kind of doing that yeah. and um, when they're doing wee topics you know that they know a wee bit yeah. more about because they've been to something or they've seen like when it's Diwali or yeah. you know if it's a Sikh festival it was Visaki or they're doing it about the gurus or something um you know, they 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 all now say, well, actually, yeah. that's not how you say it. So my wee one, he's hilarious. Um, the wee one is, yeah, he's just he's next level. Um, but he's always correcting the teachers on their pronunciation. <laughs> he's like, so I just told her that that's not how you say it, and I was telling her that you've got to roll your tongue. I was like, oh, okay, I'm sure she's delighted with you. <laughs> but you know, so he's it's nice. It's you. nice that they are able to go and. He'll be, he'll be in media. Oh, he will be. He, he's, yeah. I've got my eye on him. He's, he knows uh, how to He knows how to do get it, it across. super confident and he's just, he's actually hilarious. Like, just makes me laugh. Like, both of them see together, you're just, so I think that's quite nice that they now feel comfortable enough yeah. to feel a wee bit proud of yeah, you know, oh, where absolutely. they come from. Because I think it is quite hard when you're, when they're growing up and, yeah. You know, they're kind of saying, you know, mummy, are we Indian? And I'm like, well, you know, we're Scottish. Yeah. And, you know, we've got a number yeah. of Indian heritage. And they're like, but are we Scottish or are we Indian? I'm like, well, we're both. Yeah. You know, we're, we're both. Um, and uh, I had guests on my show yesterday, actually, and they asked me the question because they were saying, if there was something like a, an event and it was Scotland versus India. Right. And it was a sporting event. And let's say they were equal in it. So it's not like, you know, one of them's better than the okay. other. So you're obviously going to go for the better. <laughs> so eventually we settled on maybe it would be like, a, I don't know, a, a, a samosa eating competition or something. I would love that. That would be amazing. Yes. But, but the question they were asking me was, you know, would you support Scotland or would you support India? Oh, that's um, hard. It would be Scotland. It would be it would be Scotland for me. I think yeah. because I've, I'm born here. Yeah. I've grown up here. Yeah, this I is am, where your life this is. This is where my life is. This is where my family is. So it would be Scotland. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd, I'd never really. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had anything way. that's been Scotland versus India. To be yeah. honest, I don't imagine there's ever going to be anything that's Scotland versus India. Well, um, Scotland aren't very. Let's no, let's face let's, it. Let's face it. In terms of sporting, yeah. I wouldn't really. Well, we I'm never know. Sure. Any, we, never know. we never know. We live in hope. <laughs> so I'll need, to, I'll need to see if that ever happens. But I always think that's quite nice yeah. to have that identity. But um, I'm a wee bit greedy and I like to take the best of both. I think both bloody worlds. quite right. Yeah, take the best of both. and it's, Why would you not? Yeah, why would you not? <laughs> of course, why would you not? So do you love being a mum? I do, I do. It's a, out of all the stuff I do, it's the hardest thing. Of course. It's just, um, I do love being a mum. My husband is amazing. He is just, I am so, so busy. Yeah. He's equally as busy. Yeah. And I do get a lot of people going, how do you guys actually keep this going? Yeah. Um, And the, the way we keep it going is that we are a total team total team he's brilliant like he is equally as involved in everything other than the only thing I would say is he doesn't get involved in at all is cooking because he's he just doesn't cook okay but other than that you know when it comes to the kids because I've, I've got some friends who you know if they're wanting to go away for a weekend or something and they're trying to get our child care yeah. and you know they're like oh, who are you leaving the kids with I'm like they're dad like yeah. they also don't leave <laughs> <laughs> but just I'm like I, I've had you know he's he equally is able to look after them just as well as I am um so that really works um and he's so busy and I'm so busy but our priority is always number one no matter what it is the kids you know so so far I don't think I think so far I don't think I've missed a single important thing you know like sports days or Christmas concerts or you know just stuff that they want you there and just to see their wee faces light up when they're all mummies there and it's just so cute um and don't get me wrong you're exhausted because you're running around trying to do it all but I never want them to think that you know I'm not there and up when they were younger actually so obviously you know I've been working and all the rest of it and I've always I've always worked obviously I took maternity leave but I've always worked um 
but a couple of years ago I remember saying to them and you know and they were like, what does daddy do and they're like daddy's got his business and daddy does this and daddy yeah. does that and daddy does all the cool stuff and I was like and what do you think it is mummy do mummy does and they're like make the dinner Sure, oh, like that. Right. Interesting. Interesting. We'll need to have a wee overview. Mm. <laughs> but I think the reason they thought that is because I, gen- like, according to them, You're I am always there. there. You're I'm always there. there. So yeah. when, I'm there, when I'm there, I'm there. Yeah. So they do see me making the dinner. Of they do see me, like, doing the Asda shop or whatever yeah. it might be, you know. And so they're, like, you know, giving us hugs. So I'm like, yes, I'm also very good at that. Oh. But I thought that's good that, yeah. you know, they don't know that in the background I'm running around. You're actually, like, like juggling your media, you're juggling yeah. your law stuff. Yeah. It's like, you're I know that is really that. good, so actually. that's quite nice. Um, but as they've got older, they, they've certainly appreciated, you know, that, Mummy's oh, doing this and yeah. it goes on the radio. Yeah. I mean, not that they listen. None of them. I'll come home and I'm like, did you hear my show? And they're like, no. Yeah. What are we doing? You're like, oh, cheers. We're playing Xbox. <laughs> You're like, oh, because that, that. Thanks, thanks, guys. That was Excellent. really good of you. So, um, no, but that's quite nice. So they do understand that um, a wee bit more, but I suppose for them, they're just like, yeah. Uh, She's just the lady that shouts at us about AstroTurf coming out of everything. Oh, that's and, a mum's prerogative, you know, isn't it? And um, telling us to eat our fruit and all the rest of it so yeah but no it's it's great and uh, it's amazing and sometimes I do wonder before I became a mum like I was so busy yeah but now I just think how how did I I, I don't understand because now I just think you're it's a next level of business yeah, but, but you, you just, just you just you get do it, it done yeah and all the working mums out there and I, I say this in work all the time I'm like if you want something done and you want to get a working mum to do it honestly like because we are like robots <laughs> yes you've got it to a T yeah everything needs to be tea. you know you know exactly and even on your days off I love it when people go oh, did you have a nice day off uh-huh. you're like my uh, days yeah. off are you know infrequent but they're usually busier than the days I actually like going into work I love going into work because I've got the best team and they do things like give me a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, it's really like going into work's actually like a wee break. <laughs> it's nice, it's nice because like, it's so intense, but it is like a wee break. You do yeah. get to go and have a wee cup of tea and I get to have a chat yeah. and, you know, and you get to just see people and do un-mumsy things, yeah. which is lovely, yeah. I think. And I think that's so important for people like, you know, for me personally, you know, I've always thought I would want to work. Yeah. Um, I like to work. I need to, I'm one of those people I need to be busy. Yeah. And my mum is caught, my mum was like that. Yeah. Um, and she's always worked. But my mum is now saying to me, you know, you really have to slow down and you really need to do this. When your mum's saying it, you're like, yeah, oh. and you're like, okay. But then I just think, well, mum, you did it. So, you know, you did brilliantly. Um, but I also, I don't think I couldn't work yeah I, think I would always need to work in some in capacity, some capacity. Um, I like being busy I like seeing people I like meeting yeah. people I like talking as you know um I just yeah I like doing all of yeah, that and what's the dream then the dream I don't know I think I just I love my life <laughs> oh that's well that's perfect I do I love my life I've got a nice life I've got a lovely family so touch wood everything is just gonna go as it is um Probably ideally, I'd maybe like a wee bit more time to chill out okay. myself. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes when I'm too busy, I can become a wee bit like, nah, yeah. you know, that kind yeah. of manic way um, and get a wee bit exhausted, I suppose. But um, yeah, so the, the, the real dream dream, I suppose, would be I would love it if I did something, I suppose, in media and radio. Um, just, I suppose, I love what I'm doing. Um, but I think there's more potentially okay. that I could do out there. Um, but it's just about, I guess, meeting the right people, speaking yep. to the right people. Um, I think there's probably a wee bit of a gap out there. Okay. I don't think there's anyone maybe quite like me okay. out there doing what I'm doing. Um, so I would love it if something like that came up. But Brilliant. in the meantime, I'm just going to, I guess, continue. Keep going as you're going. Yeah, keep going as I'm going and just enjoy my wee life and hang out with my friends and my family. And Oh, well, yeah. life sounds amazing. It's nice. Yeah, exhausting but nice. <laughs> exhausting but nice. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's good. Exactly. You'll, not... you'll probably be able to relate to that. Oh, you're... God, I can. Yeah. I can. But do you know what? It's... A lot, and it's so... But every day 
everybody's different yeah. and you wouldn't change it. No. So it's really good. Well, listen, it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having uh, me. Not at all. It's been brilliant. I've actually loved hearing your story. Thank you. So hopefully get you on again. Yeah, hopefully. And I would like to say that I wore pink especially. You're very on brand, I have to say. (laughs) I mean, no one can see us, but I'm very on brand today. Oh, you look amazing. You look amazing. Well, listen, we shall catch up soon. Definitely.